Hey, podcast listeners, hope you're doing well, and I hope you are winning contracts. Before we get into today's episode, I want to take a minute to share something with you that's working for our clients. Our federal access knowledge base is helping companies win contracts every single day. I regularly get emails from members thanking us and saying things like, hey, I just won a $2 million contract. Many of you have seen a video that Chris Danback shot for us at GovCon. Chris won two contracts totaling $30 million. One of our members, Eyal, emailed me this morning and said, the turning point that opened my eyes was using federal access to establish a professional and systematic business development and RFP process. I've now won two contracts worth $480,000. Federal access is helping a lot of companies win. It can help you too. So here's the deal. I have a special offer for you. Visit federal-access.com forward slash game changers today and get started for just $29. You're going to get access to a digital copy of the government sales manual, over 70 strategy videos, more than 30 webinars, 300 documents and templates, and one of my favorite pieces is SME support. So when you run into any issue, any challenge at all, you can email me directly for help. So go check out the special offer today at federal-access.com forward slash game changers. The link is in the description below the podcast. So go check that out today, federal-access.com forward slash game changers. So you can get started for just $29 today. Now let's hop into this episode. The big question is this, if government contracting is supposed to be so easy, why do so many companies fail to win even a single contract while others dominate the market? That's the question and this podcast will give you the answers. In today's episode, you go one-on-one with best-selling author and master business coach Michael Lejeune to learn exactly how to take your government contracting business to the next level. Welcome to this very special edition of Game Changers. So why is this a special edition? Well, this is our 100th episode. So I want to start out by thanking everybody who listens to Game Changers. You have no idea how important it is to me that you listen. This is, if you don't know this by now, this is my baby. This was my brainchild several years ago and didn't really know where it was going to go. And to be doing a hundred episodes is amazing to me. You can tell I'm, I'm sort of speechless. Like, how do I say thank you enough? And there, there really isn't a way. I just, I really appreciate everybody who listens in regularly and it's, it's just been a, an amazing ride for us. We had no idea it was going to go like this. And I hear tons of feedback in the market from people who just love the podcast, love what we're doing, people who love that we spun off the book. Uh, if you don't know about the book, we we did a book earlier in 2020, and we brought in a bunch of the people who had been guests. They wrote a chapter. So that, that's been amazing. So whether it's Game Changers, the book, Game Changers, the podcast, it's just been an amazing ride. And I really, really appreciate everybody. And so I thought today what would be appropriate would be to actually talk about your GovCon journey, because I'm going to talk a little bit about my GovCon journey in this big 100th episode of the podcast. And so before I get in and talk about my story, which I'm going to I'm going to try to be really brief about it. But before I get in there, I want to talk about when most people get into GovCon. Most people get in and you just have dollar signs in your eyes. You're like, man, I'm going to get into government contracting. 
I'm going to make millions of dollars. This is just going to be sweet. It's going to be easy. The government has all this money. I'm going to go get a couple of certifications. I'm going to get my GSA schedule. Money's going to rain down from the heavens. Let me go ahead and start planning my yacht and my you know vacation properties and all those kind of things because this is going to be easy. And if you're listening, I hope you're 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 not listening to this one in your car, but if you're listening to this one in your car, you may have just almost run off the road laughing at that because it's so crazy to think that that's how it's always going to go, right? It doesn't always go like that. But here's the challenge, and this is why I'm talking about your journey today. The challenge is we see people that get in and a lot of times we don't see the backstory. We just see that they are succeeding. We see that they are making millions of dollars. They're leveraging certifications. They're leveraging set-aside contracts. They're leveraging GSA schedules, and they're winning millions of dollars. And we see that and think, wow, it's going to be that easy for me. But we don't necessarily see how long it took them to get there. We don't see the struggles they went through to get there. We don't see the work that it took them to get there. And I think it creates this false sense of hope for a lot of people that are new to the market that this is just going to be so easy. And In some respects, government contracting is easy, but on the front end, figuring it out is not easy. Uh, Oftentimes people say, Mike, you make it sound so easy when you start breaking things down. And and that's true, but that's because I've been doing this for 20 plus years. I've been in this market a really long time. So it's easy for me to make it sound easy because for me, a lot of it is, it's very normal for me. Like this this is daily activity or this is very common knowledge, but for you, this may be brand new. So I'm going to talk at the end about three things you need to remember and focus on during your journey. But before I get into that, let me tell you a little bit about my story. So when I got into government, I actually came in out of the army. So I'd spent four years in the army. The colonel that I worked for in the army actually helped me find a job with his company. Back then it was GTE. So a lot of you may not even remember them. So I didn't start off in a small company. I started off in a major systems integrator. We were GTE. And when I got into GTE, I started thinking, okay, well, this is going to be my career. Uh, I'm going to do this for, you know, 20, 30 years, whatever it may be. So I need to go get my degree. So I started working on my degree and I came in on the help desk. Okay. So I came in after four years in the army, I came in on the help desk answering phones for this software that we created in this really small division of GTE. And about six, eight months in, they sold us to General Dynamics. Like GTE broke up, sold us pieces all over, uh, and and we got sold to General Dynamics. It was like, great, General Dynamics is a big company. We've got stability, all this. Before the ink was even wet on the contract, we were already on the auction block for sale again. And we wound up getting sold to this really small company. Uh, so we go from a multi-billion dollar organization and backbone to a company that's got, you know, a couple million dollars in the checking account. And that's not a lot when you've got 30-something, 50-something employees, whatever it is we had at the time. And so I, I'm i sitting there in that position still. I'm a year or so in and I'm sitting there establishing my goals. And my goals were to be the supervisor of the help desk that I worked on in five years. That was my goal. I want to be the supervisor of the help desk. 
So I'm on the help desk. My goal is to move up one, maybe two notches because maybe there's, you know, a manager or whatever. And I want, I want to be the supervisor, uh, you know, of that help desk. That's my goals. Well, I started doing really, really well. I, I didn't really know myself that well, but I started doing really, really well. I will fast forward in two years after I had started with that company, I was in sales and I was acting CEO of the company. So again, we've gone through these transitions and we, we've gone from big company to to the next big company, to a very small company. And we went through these transitions in a way where a lot of people got fired, a lot of different things happened. The short version of the story is I wind up in this role where I'm running the sales team and I I become the acting CEO because I'm literally calling the shots for everybody in the company. Now, the really cool thing about that is I was now in charge of people that had dismissed me the first time around. So the first time around, when I interviewed with this company, I was actually rejected. And so two and a half years later, after being with the company, I'm actually their boss, which was really, really cool. And it was all hard work that got me there. But here, here's what happened. So I'm a kid who, and really, really was a kid at the time, didn't understand a lot about sales, didn't understand a lot about marketing, but I understood my customers. And so I got really deep inside of the customer mindset, what their problems were, what was going on. And I just really got to know the customer. And so when I transitioned into the sales team, I looked at the sales team and went, why why do we have 12 salespeople who are going golfing most of the time? We're going to revamp the sales team and make some changes. That's when I actually met my partner, Josh Frank. I brought in Josh. Josh worked with me in the sales team. We took our revenue of our little team from a million to 12 million in annual sales over the span of about 18 months. So it was about 18 months. We we took that. uh, And I'm telling a lot of these stories in parallel here so so you get a good snapshot of things. But we we took that huge jump in sales because we really started focusing on the customer. We took the sales team from 12 people to three people. So we got a smaller team that was really customer oriented, really focused on what we were doing. And we started to really learn the market. That was almost 20 years ago we did that. And we started growing the company and we had a lot of speed bumps along the way. I mean, there there every time I turned around, there was a challenge. And it was one of those things where we didn't know how to get over this hurdle and that you know the internet wasn't what it is today and so you you didn't just go and say well where's a webinar on how to do teaming or how to you know sell to the government like there was there were no webinars there weren't a lot of books you really just had to figure this stuff out for yourself and that's what we did. That's what we did. We figured it out for ourselves. And a lot of that, probably all of that, is what is in the foundation for our books today, for even this podcast, for our coaching programs, for Federal Access. It's all kind of gone into that because we learned the hard way how to make this stuff happen. Now, here's the thing that a lot of people don't know is all along the way, we were made fun of the whole time. I, we were made fun of the entire time we were building that business because the people, see, see when, when when there's a, a breakup and you go from a big company to small company, not everybody goes with you. And so everybody who stayed in the big company, were, they were always laughing at us. They're like, oh, you guys are never going to make it. And I keep hearing about how 
know, you're running out of money. And, you know, there's always these stories. And almost all of the stories we heard were false. They were literally almost all false. And they were saying things like, oh, yeah, we just went to this company thing. And they had, you know, some big singer there. And this was their Christmas party. And we're like, yeah, we're just happy to have our jobs at the moment. And that's just how our journey was. People were picking on us, trying to hold us back. I remember partners sabotaging us in meetings with our government clients because they were so angry that we had spun off, even though they sold us off. Uh, they were so angry about that, that they were looking for ways to sabotage us. So we were literally fighting every every time we turned around, every corner we went around, there was something we had to fight and struggle against just to make it. And so that was our journey. And then as we started going, probably into the second year, people stopped laughing. Not only stopped laughing, they started saying, man, I, just, I always knew you were going to make it. We always had faith it was going to work out for you and I'm like no you no you didn't you didn't care you were one of the loudest voices saying we were going to go down in flames and so it, it was just so wild to see that happen especially at an early age I'm in my early 20s while this is going on and I'm just watching people try to hold us down I'm watching other companies seemingly do this with ease and I was always concerned about like where they are and what's going on and finally I stopped doing that and really started focusing on us you know what's what's going on in our company. So let me flash forward here a little bit. Today, we're sitting in a position where we have thousands of connections on LinkedIn. The podcast is approaching 100,000 downloads. This is our 100th episode of the podcast. We have hundreds of members in Federal Access. I'm a best-selling author. Uh, my partner, Josh, is a multi-best-selling author. We are invited to speak all over the country on the subject of government contracting, and the list goes on, but it didn't happen overnight. It didn't happen overnight. And I'm going to tell you three things that I want you to remember during your journey, because your journey doesn't have to be as hard as mine was, but you still have a journey. You have a journey that you have to go and no one else can do the journey for you and no one else can predict everything that's going to be on the roadmap because there's going to be things that you just can't predict, you know, like COVID, like who who knew that was going to happen? So there's things about your journey that are unpredictable, but the one thing that is predictable is your mindset. And so these three things that I want you to remember, number one, it's your journey. It's not going to look like anyone else's. And this is important because it establishes your mindset. When you understand that your journey is yours, there's no temptation there's no system. It's your journey. It helps a lot because you stop judging because you have to understand we all come from different backgrounds. We all come from different family structures. We all come from different places around the world. Everything about you makes your journey unique. So uh, just real quick, I come from a small farm in Louisiana. My parents were much older when they had me. Uh, you know, I was really very much an accident is how I would describe myself. And they actually, they didn't spend a lot of time with me teaching me really anything. It wasn't ne like neglect or anything like that. It was just, hey, we're exhausted. We're older. We got, you know, you got your older brothers and sisters and, you know, sort of fend for yourself. So like it was really a truly one of the first models of as long as we keep him alive, we've done a really good job. Like that, <laughs> that that's really the basics of, of this one. And so that, that was kind of my upbringing. And so I went through like school and, and even in the military kind of on my own. So I'm always trying to figure 
figure things out on my own. I never thought, hey, let me go check with my dad and see what great advice he has or anything like that. I just didn't have that. Just That was just not the kind of dad my dad was. It wasn't the kind of mom my mom. My mom would listen to me about anything I had to say. She rarely had advice. That's just who they were. They didn't know. I was doing things that they couldn't comprehend. I'm the only person in our family who's ever left the town we were in. I'm the only one. And so for them, it was so outside their box. They had no clue how to help me, how to guide me, how to do anything. And so I had, I really had to search for that myself. So there's there's people on that spectrum. And then there's people who grow up where your dad's been a businessman, his dad's been a businessman, you know, that sort of thing. Or, you know, maybe your, your mom's run a business, whatever it may be. The, the only reason I think I have the entrepreneurial spirit is I did watch my mom a little bit when we were, when I was young, we were extremely poor and she started, she calls it her greeting card company. It was really, it was something out of a third bedroom we had in the house. And it was, she would go down to, if you guys remember Alpha Graphics, we would go down to Alpha Graphics and make copies. And then she would hand color them because she she was like, hey, I'm only doing the black and white copies and I'll hand color them you know, with color pencils because the color copies are like 10 times more expensive. So she would do these little greeting cards, you know, that are copied at Alpha Graphics. And she kind of had this little business thing going in her mind and she'd go to craft shows and things. And so I used to watch a lot of that kind of stuff. And I thought, man, this is, there's got to be a better way, but we just, at, at the time we couldn't figure that out. So I, I think that's where a lot of my entrepreneurial spirit comes from, kind of watching that of how do I, you know, make some extra money to help our family. Ultimately that turns into a business, right? But we all come from different spectrums. Mine, family couldn't understand me, didn't know how to coach, mentor me, or even answer questions and guide me, that sort of thing. To the other side of the spectrum where you're literally being groomed for something in your life, even if you don't like it, right? You're still getting that that mentoring and guidance, you know, and there's everything in between. Some people just have really great mentors in their life. Some people have great brothers and cousins and aunts and uncles and all these different types of things in their life. And those people contribute to their growth. I didn't. My road was slower. My journey was slower because I always I always put it this way with my kids. I'm literally like level one. I'm level one. I'm the foundation for my generation. So my kids have grown up in a totally different mindset watching me run a business. And so depending on, on what you had growing up, your journey is going to start off different there. Now, does that mean that you can't come out of the gate super fast and uh, you know, do something totally different? No, no. It, it, there's no limits. There's no restrictions on you and your journey, you just have to understand it's yours. So that's number one. It's your journey. You have to walk it. Everyone's different. You can't judge your wins and losses by someone else's. So that's number one. Number two is you have to focus on your end game. What are your goals? Where are you going? If you don't have goals, you're probably not going anywhere. I always relate it this way. Suppose that I wanted to take a trip with my family. There's two ways to do this. We can plan out a destination and then the stops along the way, you know, if you're driving, or we can just, you know, get in a car or go down to the airport, hop on a plane and pick a random spot. Now, if you do the second option, you know, going down to the airport and just picking a random spot, you might wind up somewhere that you'll enjoy, but it won't be any place you planned and you definitely won't have, you know, a roadmap of, of any sort to get there. It'll just be total random, luck of the draw type of thing. And so most people spend more time planning their vacation to Florida than they do planning their business. We don't want that. We want you to spend more time planning on your business and where you're going with it than your vacation to Florida. Does that make sense? You know, you need to really focus on that end game. Where are you going? What are the stops or milestones along the way to make sure 
sure you are headed in the right direction. Because the really cool thing about being on the map is if you get on the map, you're on the road, you're traveling to Florida, and you make a wrong turn, even if you don't realize it right away, you very quickly start to figure out something's not right. So like I'm in Illinois. If I started going to Florida and all of a sudden I see signs for Arkansas and Louisiana, like, this isn't this is not right i should have been seeing signs for georgia you know i should have been seeing those kind why am i seeing these oh i took a wrong turn somewhere that got a course correct you know the same thing in your business if you actually have an end game a goal in mind and you know the milestones along the way when you start to see something go wrong you can recognize it and course correct and and change that and get back on course and focus on your end goal for the game so that was number two focus on your end game number three and this may be actually one of the most important things ever in life is to focus on incremental progress. You don't have to go from zero to 100 on everything you do. You know, I know a lot of people that when they decide to lose weight, they're like, oh, I'm going to lose 20 pounds a month for three months. You know, that's my 60 pounds I need to lose. And I'm like, yeah, it's probably not going to work. You know, that might work, but it's probably not going to work. So, you know, what if you lost a pound a week? You know, that's, that's, uh, I've been in Weight Watchers before and that was their thing, a pound a week. You know, just a pound a week. It's a lot easier to lose a pound a week than it is 20 a month. A lot easier to do that. And so with your business, you know, if you're having trouble, let's say, um, converting proposals. So you're writing proposals and you're having trouble actually winning them. Let's say you're doing 10 proposals a month and you're winning nothing. You don't have to go from 10 losses to 10 wins. You can go from 10 losses to one win. And that's going to be a big difference. So, okay, so now that we are consistently getting one win every month, how do we consistently get two wins? Then how do we consistently get three wins? And it really, this goes back to the journey piece. For some people, you're going to figure out that very fast. For some people, it's going to take a little bit longer. So you may get that one win mark pretty quick, but to get to the second or the third win a month, it it may take you a few months. But if you stick with it and just keep focusing on incremental progress, every month you should be doing something better. Something should be improving in your proposal process along the way that allows you to ultimately get to the second win a month, to the third win a month, and so on. And eventually you can get to 10 wins a month. Maybe part of that is increasing how many you go after. Maybe part of it is focusing on your bid, no bid process. There's different pieces you've got to look at to get sharper, but you don't have to change everything overnight. Because that's where when it comes to the incremental progress thing, a lot of people look at life, look at business and say, well, this is not working. So we're going to throw out everything and we're going to start over. That's the wrong way to do it because you're doing some things right. And even if you're not, let's say for for the sake of argument, you're doing everything wrong. You still don't have to throw everything out because you can still look at it and say, well, it. I don't think anything we're doing is right, but I think there's a good foundation in everything we're doing. And if we make some tweaks in these areas, then it'll just get better. So I really want you to focus on those three things. Focus on your journey. It's no one else's. It's your journey. It's unique. It's not going to look like anybody else's. Focus on your end game. What are your goals? Where are you going? Number three, focus on incremental progress. And if you do those three things, it may take you six months. It may take you a year to start really seeing the results of that. But over time, if you stay faithful to those three things, you're going to see massive results in your business. You can also apply that to your life and see massive results in your life. So I want to close out with this. Thank you 
again so much for coming on and helping us get to 100 episodes. You have no idea. Again, this is my baby. This is something I'm extremely uh, not only excited and shocked and wowed at. I'm just really proud of where we've come with Game Changers, what we're doing with this. I, I look forward to the next 100 episodes. I've already got probably about 30 of them already planned out. And so we're really, really excited about it. And I just really, really thank you. Uh, one of the things that keeps Game Changers really going for us is your uh, your reviews on iTunes. So if you can go on iTunes, I think some, it may even be called Apple Podcasts or whatever. If you could go on there and do a quick five-star review for us, I'd really, really appreciate it. It keeps the podcast fresh in iTunes and it keeps people, um, it just helps them find it. So if you love Game Changers, take two minutes, go on there, do a quick review. We'd really appreciate it. And uh, I look forward to the next episode. Catch you later. Thanks for listening to Game Changers for Government Contractors. For a full list of episodes and other resources, be sure and check us out on the web at www.rsmfederal.com slash gamechangers.